It's a good morning. That last time, like, oh, the spirit is falling. Um, and it was just falling in there. And I'm like, Lord, no matter what I'm going through, all I need is your peace. Like, Matt is not here today. You know, it's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all you fathers. I hope you enjoyed your man flowers. Right? I was going to give you sparklers too, but I thought I am not giving men fire. I know you guys love meat and candy and fire, but I opted out on not doing that because I didn't want to set off sprinklers. I know that maybe you guys can't contain yourself with fire. I've seen men with fire. So happy Father's Day. But I look at that peace and I'm like, no matter what's going on in your life, if you have the peace of the Lord, it is free. I'm like, we are free. You know what? I can, I can be, I can do whatever I want because I have the freedom and I choose to live in Christ. So I just want to say, you know, dads, you guys got a big role. Sometimes we look at moms do all the things, you know. Everything that's going on, a lot of times moms do it. God made us that way. We multitask. But men, God gave you a warrior's brain. He said, you know what? You need to go out. You need to conquer and protect. You're going to lead. You are, you are making a path. You're, you are taking care. You know, so you can't be focused on a thousand little things because your job is God made you to be a warrior. Go out and conquer and lead. Okay? So we're thankful for that because if everyone was like moms, okay, we need dads. You know, when moms get to the end of their thing, you ever have your kids, when your kid starts yelling and running for dad, you know mom's done, okay? (laughs) Dads take them somewhere, you know. But we just want to say, guys, you have the best job in the world. You get paid far more than anything anyone could ever offer you. And we're thankful for dads, stepdads, you know, dads that are, are just in practice stage right now for what's coming. And, you know, biological dads and grandparents and people who have stepped in to be dads where there wasn't any. So I'm very thankful for that today. Matt, he got an awesome Father's Day. He got breakfast in bed. He wasn't feeling, he was feeling really sick, so I brought him water into Advil, so breakfast in bed. <laughs> I know, I'm so sweet to him. <laughs> no, I did put the dog, the dog decided that he would take care of him. He brought him his little, our little dog has a little lamb about this big, and he brought it to Matt, you know, feel better. So he's there taking care of Matt or bothering him, one or the other, it'll be okay. But you know what, we already spoke, his healing's come forth speedily, he's going to be great. You know, my house will probably be a mess and everything will be tore out when I get home, so I'll know that he's feeling better. So it's good. So, so at... Matt all week said, I'm going to preach for Father's Day. And I said, all right. But every day I'm like, are you sure you're, you got something? You're He's like, yeah, I got this. You know, I got something. It's going to be great. I'm like, okay. So I don't need anything, right? I'm, I'm taking a break. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yesterday we had a beautiful wedding. And before the wedding that we went to, and um, before the wedding, I said, are you sure? You know, you got a lot you got to do. He's like, I got this. I'm like, okay. So we come home. He's kind of not feeling the greatest, and at 12.30 at night, he's like, I'm too sick to go tomorrow. Can you preach in the morning? <laughs> you know, and that's how I know it's a word from the Lord, right? And you know what? Instead of losing sleep, I thought, oh my gosh, I have nothing prepared. I specifically made my brain turn off. I wasn't thinking about, that sign fell over there. Um, I wasn't thinking about anything, you know, and 
So I just said, you know, I'm not going to lose sleep. I said, Lord, give me downloads in the night about what you want to say tomorrow. I'm going to wake up refreshed. I'm going to put it on paper in the morning. I'm not taking more than 15 minutes. It's just, you just do that for me because you love me and you know what's going on. You know what kind of things are coming against us. So we're going to, so this I believe is a now word for this group because it came in the night. The Lord gave it. So, so I was thinking about over the decades and centuries, there's been a lot of very influential people who have done things. You know, you have presidents and you have people that contributed to society, you know, people that pioneered into new areas. You have inventors. You have, you know, tons of record breakers. You have these great people who did a lot of things. And we know them, you know, if, if a famous person, you know, was to walk downtown Hesperia, we'd all be like, ah. Oh, you know what I mean? Like if the president decided to take a stroll, we would all know who he was, right? We wouldn't be like, oh, who's that? We know who our president is. If you don't, you probably should turn on a TV once or a radio or something. We should, we know that. Um, and so they all, some of them, you know, some people that are famous, you know, they're born into royalty, you know, like Prince William and Kate. I love them with their children. I, I love following the royal family. You know, they kind of just got you're royal. You got to do this. You got to take care of society. This is your job. And then there's other people who were born kind of like us, might have been a small town. It might have been a rich family or a family that's struggling or might have been a broken family or a family that's doing great. Um, So some of those people came from those types of backgrounds. So how did they get to be these great, amazing, memorable people? Well, there's one thing they all did. They separated themselves, you know, and with un- uncommon follow-through. They decided, I'm going to follow through. I'm going to do this. I'm not just going to let things happen. I'm going to have some follow-through. Every single one of them. You know, no one, I, I think about when they broke the four-minute mile. You know, it wasn't like um, they just decided to get up. I can't get up and say, oh, I'm going to break the four-minute mile and go into Olympics that day, and that's not going to happen. I'm going to pass out and <laughs> hyperventilate. I'm going to be in pain. You know what I mean? They say, I have to have follow-through. I have to do something. I have to think and choose every single day in the steps I'm going to take to get there. You know, and once it was broken, you just got, that record just kept going. I said, you know what? If they can do it, I can do it. And that's what God says. If I said that they could do it, I, yeah, you can do it, and you can do it, and you can do it. You know, when I see fathers, I see God's creation. He intended them to lead and to chase after what they believe in, to actually have some action to it. He said, all right, I put you as leaders, okay? You're not better or worse than women or men. We're not doing that, but you're meant to lead. Okay, God said, you're going to lead. Here's your helpmate. So that means you have everything you need. So there's really no excuse to not do it, right? Because he said, I gave you everything, and I gave you a helpmate, and they're pretty amazing. You know, they're awesome. I gave you, ki- you know, children that are going to, you know, you're going to be called blessed. He said, I gave you everything, but it's your job to go after what God has for you, to create and leave a legacy for your children that they want to follow. There's some legacies out there that people don't want to follow. Okay, there's some, there's some legacies that people want to run from and hide. Okay, but when we are in Christ as fathers, you know, and leaders of our household, we get to create a legacy that our children are like, I can't wait to raise my children like this. I had a great, 
you know, bringing up. Layla, you probably, you had a great bringing up. You have a good dad, right? He still tucks you in. He does all of those things. So when you have children, when your children have children, they're going to do those things. They're going to leave a legacy. They're going to have a deep desire for the Lord because you had that. You put that in them. You decided to do something with what you believed. You know, we can't sit idly by and wait for someone else to do it. We can't wait for someone else, you know, to do what we're called to do, to step up. Oh, well, you know, I'm just busy. Everybody's busy, so you don't get to use that anymore. I don't even like to use that word. Everybody's busy. If you are a person on this planet, you are busy. So everybody's on the same playing field. You're all busy in different things, but everybody's busy. So we can't use it as an excuse not to do what we're called to do. I'm going to talk about Nehemiah, okay? We got a word about from Nehemiah, and I loved it, and I just started falling in love with this guy, okay? He's just a normal guy. I don't even know if he knew how to build and do all these things, okay? So Nehemiah was this man, and Jerusalem got all, you know, the walls are broken down, and he's like, okay, nobody's doing anything. You know, I'm going to seek the Lord. The Lord's like, okay, do it. Nehemiah's like, okay, I wasn't sure if that's what we're going to, you know. And then he provided all the finances and everything. Okay, so here's Nehemiah. He's not been a manager. Now he's got all of these people to manage. He's like, yeah, go up and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And this isn't a wall like from here to there. We're talking like an entire city and not a city like, you know, this is on a hill up in the mountains and it's not a city the size of Hesperia. Okay, this is a big, and he's like, hey, you've never done this before. You got all these people who have different ideas and I'm going to tell you to take all of these people and get them to all work cohesively together. And why that's happening, there's going to be this guy really doesn't like you. He wants to kill you, and he's going to try to get you to come down from the mountain. So you're going to always have to have people on guard and ready to fight, but I still want you to build. Fight and build, fight and build, okay? You have to be prepared. So, yeah, so Nehemiah, I mean, maybe for me I would have been like, are you sure you want a wall? You know, open concept, Lord, you know? <laughs> are you sure? That probably would have been me. I probably would have been like, let's go modern here. Break the walls down. We're just saying that. You know, but God's like, no, no, no. This is, you asked what I wanted. You said you sought me. And so Nehemiah's like, I sought the Lord. This is what's happening. I don't know how it's happening. I don't know what I'm doing, but he's going to direct every step. You know, he's like, all right, you guys on this gate, and you're down by this gate, and you guys do this. And, you know, you guys don't even, don't even take your armor off because as soon as you do, you know, you have to be prepared to fight. But, you know, let them build. And, and then he had all these social issues in there where people are like, you know, these people have more money than us, and, you know, we can't work as hard because, you know, we don't have food, and they're taxing us. So he's like, hey, can you chill out and, you know, not overtax them? Let them have a donut, okay, in the morning. Let them have their coffee, too. They want a break. You know, so he's got all of this stuff going on. And then he's got this guy taunting him like, oh, come down, I need to meet with you. And he said, you know what? I'm too busy. (laughs) He said, I'm about my father's business. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. I don't even have time to go walk on a different path. I don't have time to do all the things you want me to do. So he was busy for one thing. He didn't let his focus get on everything else. Because his job, he asked God, can I do this? God said, yes, and I'm going to provide for you. So in Nehemiah 2, 17, it says, Then I said to them, You see the trouble we're in? Jerusalem lies in ruins, and, it has, and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be disgraced. So Nehemiah's like, come on, you guys. We're doing this. 
And I don't know, like if I asked you all, hey guys, can you come out to my house tomorrow and build a fence, even around my yard, you all be like, I'm too busy, right? I got things I got to do. We got jobs and things. So all these people are doing this, and Nehemiah, he's got something he has to do. He's in the Bible. He's a pretty significant guy, okay? He was just a normal guy, but he had follow-through. He said, I want a legacy that will last. So what I'm asking you is, what is God asking you to do right now? Maybe there's something today that he's asking you to do, or in the coming days, or in the months, or years. You know, some of the things God asks you to do, they're in the now. Some of them, he's saying, I want you to prepare your character because in the years to come, I got some things I'm going to ask you to do. You might have to build a wall. I don't mean like a real wall. Maybe he will. I better not say that because then someone will have to build a wall and you'll say, well, you told me I wasn't going to have to and here I am doing it. But you, know, you don't know what he's going to ask you to do because he's just directing your steps. He doesn't let us see the whole picture because we would get overwhelmed. You know what I mean? If I saw everything that God had for my life right now, I'd be like, uh, you know, like how, you know, I would feel overwhelmed like I can't do that. But God knows what he's put inside us that we can. You know, and I look at that, even with our best efforts and intention, the truth is to be fulfilled in fatherhood, it only comes through Christ. To be the best dad, it comes through Christ because that connects us with God the Father. So when we want to be that amazing dad, that, that our kids, you know, when they get older, you know, <laughs> I, I got to tell you a funny story, so... Maybe you guys won't think it's funny. But we went to a cemetery a couple days ago because I wanted to show the girls this, this um, old cemetery. Like, my grandparents were buried. and So we were driving through, and, and Layla and Lana are like, oh, Mom, where are you going to be buried? And I said, oh, you know, down the road from Jaden Jordan's house <laughs> in that cemetery. And Layla goes, well, I want, you better get one for me. I want to be buried next to you. And I said, well, you might not even live, like, you might not even be around us. Maybe you'll get married and move away. She's like, no, no, I'm going to be next to you. I want to be next to you and dad. And I'm like, well, you're going to be with us in heaven. She's like, nope, my body's going to be, you know, and I thought, you know, she wants to be with us even in death. And Lana's like, well, someone's got to figure out how to get you to, and it just turned into this whole thing. And I thought, you know, because, you know, I look at Matt and, and, and you guys and the dads in here, you guys are like an awesome group of dads who have loved your children and said, my foundation is in Christ. That means I'm going to raise my children in that. And so your kids, they long to be with you. They speak good of you. You know, they, you know, I remember, you know, my kids, Layla used to want to have a duplex next to us. Said, you know, she's going to be next door neighbor. I'm like, yes, can I get that in writing before you get too old to realize that? <laughs> no, but she still does, you know. I lo- and I think because... If you follow the Father, you're going to be an amazing Father. So whether you are that grounded Father who leads his family diligently towards God, you know, your kids love the Lord, your families love your Lord, your dog loves the Lord, you know, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, whatever. I mean, people come into your house and they're like, oh, it just feels good in here. You know, at your job, people just really, they love being around you. You just have that peace on you. You have that joy on you. Um, 
whether you're that type of dad who's already doing that or if you've been a complete slacker. I mean, let's just be honest. There are slacker dads in this world. Some by choice and some because nobody ever told them, hey, let me introduce you to God the Father. He's going to tell you how to be a good dad. You know, and he, so it doesn't matter where you landed. You might have started out and had, you might have come in as a dad and said, I don't know how to be a dad. I didn't have a dad. Or I didn't have a good dad. And now here you are with children and you're like, oh, what do I do with these things? They cry a lot and poop a lot and scream a lot. And I don't know, like a lot of times when I'm holding them, I've dropped them a few times. I've told their mother, you know. <laughs> you see the things. You ever see the picture where the, the, it says how the baby sees, how the mom, how the dad sees the baby being thrown up and it's like, you know, six inches, how the baby sees it, and it's like a foot, how the mom sees it, it's like two stories, you know. <laughs> you know, like that's how dads, they get to have fun and, and do that stuff. Because, but it doesn't matter where you are if you have been grounded in the Lord or if you're like, I have totally missed it. I don't even have a relationship with my kids. It doesn't matter because it doesn't change the finish work. The finish work is that Christ has already done it for you. You just have to go out and grab it. He's already done it. He's already given you the ability to be the most amazing parent. He's already done that. That's the greatest thing. It's already done. We just have to have the realization and the revelation that Christ did that for us. So we want to be an intentional father. We can't just get wrapped up in doing everything and being busy. I want to do everything. I got to be at every sports thing and I got to do this and I got to do that. You know, I got to you know, I got to make sure I do every little thing perfect because I got to make sure I read three books at night and I tuck them in and give them four drinks of water. And, you know, and some we do that because we love them, but getting wrapped up and be like, I got to have the best job. So if I'm away, you know, I got to chase that because my kids got to have the designer clothes and they got to have this. And I want my kids to have a better life, even though they don't even get to see me. We get wrapped up in that. I know lots of people whose kids never really have spent time with their dad because the dad's so busy trying to chase the life they think their children need and in reality their child is living in lack saying don't try to do everything because that fulfillment lies only in christ if you want to be a good father then you need to get in the word and see how the father's character is you don't need a hundred self-help. You know, get in the Word. Be around people. Say, wow, they're a good dad. They got children and grandchildren who are just, they are on fire for the Lord. You know, start getting in the Word. If you want to be that, then you need to know where to get it. You're not going to get it from having the best job. You're not going to get it from, you know, going even and playing baseball with your kids. and doing. All, you're not going to get that fulfillment. It only comes through Christ. If you want the answers, that's where it is. All of those things are great, but you're not going to be fulfilled in that. I remember my, I had a friend in, um, growing up, and she had a, um, a mom and no dad, actually. And, but I used to think it was so great because she had to do anything. Dad was absent, so like there was no rules. Like She could go out and... Maybe I snuck out in the night, too, when I was there. Maybe. And threw yard sale signs in the road. And forked people's yards and put for sale signs in houses that weren't for sale. I don't know. Maybe I did those things, but we'll just never. 
No. But so, you know, I thought, this is great. We get to go out, you know. All the cops like us, so they let us out past curfew because we were good kids. Um, and so, like, I'm thinking, my mom would never let me do this. I love being at your house. Like, your parents let you do anything. Like, you're out at 2 o'clock in the morning. Your mom doesn't care. Like, like we stole flowers from the neighbors. Your mom doesn't care. <laughs> You know, like, we were doing, out riding our bikes. I mean, and her mom would get her, like, her mom would have nothing, and her dad would, you know, dad wasn't there, but they'd have nothing. All of a sudden, she'd get a new TV, and she'd have all the new clothes, and I'm like, this is awesome! I have one pair of pants that I bought myself, you know what I mean? Like, and she just busts out crying one day, and I'm like, I broke my friend. What happened? And she's like, yeah. And I said, yeah, but you have everything. And she said, yeah but your parents actually love you. And I thought, oh. She's like, they care where you are. They care what you're doing. She's like, I don't want my mom and dad to be my friend. And I thought, I will never be my child's friend. They got enough friends. We're their parents. They don't need any friends. Have you seen Facebook? They probably got 4,000 friends on there. (laughs) You know? They don't need moms and dads to be their friends. They need moms and dads to be moms and dads. Does that make sense? I think it does. And if we want to be a mom and dad who knows how to leave a legacy that our children want to follow, then we need to know that we need to go to the Word of God to know how to raise our children up. A lot of people will say, oh, raise a child up in the way they should go, and when they're old, they'll come back to it. No, 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 that's not what it says. That's the way the world has twisted that scripture. It doesn't say that. It says, raise a child up in the way they shall go, and they will not depart from it. They don't have to leave and come back. See, we think everybody's got to take in their 20s or 30s. they got to go and live their life and turn their hearts from God. That is not true. And my kids, that's not happening not a day. Because that's what we've said. Oh, they just need to do that. And we've allowed the devil to come in and steal from our families because we think well at least they'll come back I don't want that separation from my child for any point I know about you but no we're raising them up the way they should go and they are never going to depart from it they're going to walk with us in the spirit right here on earth and we get to heaven duplex for later duplex for that right next connected to mom and dad right and the grandchildren will follow as the generations come, whatever, you know. Because I know where we're grounded. You know, Nehemiah was constantly seeking the favor and grace of God. He didn't care what the world said. He didn't care what anybody said. He said, God, what do you want me to do? They were like, oh, there's so much. One point I was reading, they're like, oh, there's so many rocks and boulders. Like, this is hard. And he's like, no, we're just going to clear that out. going to build it up pretty coat of paint it's good you know but he said no every time they were like well let's just do this he's like no 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 i'm gonna seek god his favor's on us he's gonna provide for it you know and all this stuff i I think of nehemiah like this little kid you know when he gets this part of the wall he's like god 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 come here come here dad come here look at i did do you like it do you like it put it on your fridge the whole world's your fridge you know that's what i think he was like He's like, God, I love you so much. Thank you. I'm so excited I got to do this. And these people you gave me, love them. You know what? Every time that the enemy comes against me, I'm like, you know what? You don't know who my dad is. Don't you come up here talking to me. You get back down that hill right now. I'm going to have my dad come talk to you. You know, I just think of Nehemiah like that, like, uh-uh. 
That's how I'd be. You know, I'd probably say something smart and then go run behind my dad. What are you going to do now? And then they'll start coming. I did that because I had four brothers and sisters. The safest place, the only place that had a lock was my parents' room. So then I was, I was a lot littler than everyone. Um, the closest person was two years from me. The furthest was 17 out of my brothers and sisters. So sometimes my mouth might be a little smart. Smarter than my muscles. My brain was more advanced than my muscles. Except for I had running legs. So I would say something or do something. And then I'd run. It would be like, i got to get to my parents' bedroom. The safety has to lock. I'd get in there and lock it. One time, I was like five seconds too late. And then my sister slammed the door and broke the door frame. And so like then we all got together. And before mom and dad got home, we had to like let our anger subside and fix the door frame. <laughs> Which we did, and they didn't know. I don't even know if they know now. So it was just a little crack. and Yeah, so, I mean, but that safety I knew was in, you know, I'm going to run behind them. So Nehemiah built a wall, you know, and as we build our men walls around our family, let's remember that path. Like, said that he constantly sought the favor of the Lord. He's not trying to chase fame fortune he wasn't following any man's model okay because he didn't know how to build so he wasn't he wasn't going to an architect and being like so how would you do this he's just up there thinking that looks good there throw that boulder over there put that one over here put them together it's good he's like god what do you think no he wasn't doing that he wasn't following anybody's model he chased only after god and god's opinion of him mattered that's where we start falling, is we start, you ever realize, when we start thinking that other people's opinions matter more than God? I've had that, sometimes almost daily. You ever had, like, where you think of, like, are they looking at me, or look at, you know, or what do they think of me? Sometimes that happens. We can be real about that. And I know women, sometimes we're a little bit more easier to talk about that, but I think for guys, for dads, that is, Sometimes we think about what other people think about us or what our job thinks about us or if we think that people think we're a good parent or have it together. Um, I hear people all the time say, I don't care what people think about me. I only care what God thinks about me, right? I've said that. And I thought, hmm, are you saying that because you really care about what God thinks about you? Are you saying that because you don't want anyone else to say well that's a load of junk (laughs) because if you really are acting like you care what God thinks about you if you care what the creator of the universe thinks about you what he thinks about me I care and steward for his creation that means other people so there is a part that we do care what other people think because God put them in our lives We're going to love bigger and better. If we really care what God thinks about us, we're going to love bigger and better. Our hearts will begin to break for what breaks his heart. So if God cares about these people that are struggling and hungry and starving and don't know Jesus, our heart will be tied to that because we care what God thinks about us. And our thoughts become connected with him. And our heart begins to break for the things that break his heart. 
Not just for what we want in our life so that we can say, well, nobody's going to judge me. Well, God is one day. So don't you worry about that. You don't have to worry about people judging you. That's God's job, and you don't have to worry about that right now. But we say that so we don't have to do what God has asked us to do. I only care what God thinks. Well, if you cared what God thinks, you would do more and above and beyond what you would for people. Because God has all creation, every person, even the person that gets under your skin the most. And right now you're all thinking of that person. God's like, yeah, I put you there at that time. Woohoo! If we only care what God thinks of us, then our lives should look more and more like Christ every single day. We're not using that phrase to do whatever we want, to continue in our ways of sin, to get away with things. I've seen that so many times. Only God's going to judge me, or you know, I only care what God thinks. If you cared what God thinks, God thinks that he wants you to create a legacy in your family. God wants you to go out and preach the gospel to all the ends of the earth. That's how God thinks about you. That's what he thinks about you. So are we doing those things? If we want to impress God, that is how we do that. If we want to be like, God, look at my picture. Look what I did, Dad. He's like, awesome. Not going to use God to hide behind because things get broken that way. (laughs) If we care what God thinks, then good, healthy relationships that work on a daily basis will be number one to me because they're number one to God. Relationships are number one. That's why he didn't make CEOs. You know, a baby doesn't get delivered to you and say, all right, you have to do this for 18 years, and I want to see, you know, the market increase up here, and, you know, productivity needs to be. He didn't do that. He didn't create his family that way. He said, I'm going to give you fathers and mothers and sisters and brothers and weird uncles and aunts. I don't know. You know, he's like, we're going to have a family. This is going to be a family. It's going to get messy sometimes. There's going to be crazy things going on, but I want you to work on good, healthy relationships because that's the legacy we want to leave. That's what we want to spread out in our community. If people look at our family and say, oh my gosh, you know what I mean? We can't help them. You cannot help someone when your family is crazy out of control. God's saying, okay, raise them up. So that people come and say, how do you know this? And I always say, you know what? I'm only this old and I know some things about relationships. And because God gave them to me, it is a supernatural grace. When people are like, well, it's working. (laughs) Then then that opens the door to say, well, let me tell you about my father. Let me tell you how I know these things. How this happens in my household. Because I have a dad who has raised me up through his word, you know, to have this peace in my home, to have this joy in my home. I'm not saying I'm not going to run into problems. I've run into problems. I have people saying, well, you don't know my life. Why don't you walk in my shoes? I said, well, you can walk in mine then. I said, the difference is whatever shoes I'm walking in, I make sure I put joy on the bottom of them. So I'm always walking in joy.
no matter what steps I'm taking. Because sometimes you got to go through the mud, and so I'm like, Lord, give me some joy thigh-high boots up here, waders. You know, that's what I need. Big joy this time, Lord. Big ones all the way up. Put the suspenders on like I'm going. You know, sometimes we need to do that. You know, I like the seasons where I can just have, like, the joy sandals. So happy, you know. I don't want to be like, oh, I'm so joyful. Oh, making it. But sometimes you're there, right? That's real. That's real. Sometimes we're there. And God says, I want you to be able to go through the mud with joy because that's how I am. I'm not worried when things happen. God is not worried when things happen on this earth. Because he says, it is finished, it is done, I know the end result. He's not worried. He's like, I've sent you to tell people about Jesus. I'm not worried. You guys are an amazing bunch of people. You're going to do it. Your lives are going to be a testimony to the lost. How good is that? He's like, I'm not worried at all. You got this. Put this in you. You guys are amazing. That's what he did. And as the pre-believers come to be believers, awesome, then they're going to do that. And it's just going to grow and grow and grow. And God's like, totally, he's got it. He's not worried about our situation. He's not worried about, you know, brokenness. He's not afraid of messes, you know. He's not like, oh, well, you have this sickness. Well, that's the one Jesus didn't pay for. Darn it. Sometimes we think like that, like we're like, well, I better just do this and this. And God's like, well, Jesus already paid for that too. Don't think your issues are exempt from what Jesus already paid for on the cross. If you got an issue, he paid for it. Don't make double tax on him. I don't want to pay double taxes, so we need to quit having Jesus pay double taxes. He paid for it once. He shouldn't have to pay again. We should not have to pay. If he lives in us and we are having him pay for that a second time. So when we go through it, we go through with joy because we already know the end result. Okay? So if we have something, get mad enough at the enemy and say, you know what? I'm done with this. My dad's coming and you better get out of here. He's coming and you don't want to be here, sickness. You don't want to be here, depression. You don't want to be here, lack, when my dad shows up. Because my dad, he's taking care of every situation I have. Because that's my dad. And that's where we need to start thinking about when we're in the situation, we're like, oh, it's so hard. And I don't know what's happening. It's like, enemy, that's how. I used to be that whiner, you know, I used to think my dad was like, <laughs> absent dad. Oh, I have to go through this. Ugh. But now, God has given me a new grace. And he's like, now you know who I am. Before, you thought you knew who I was, but now you know who I am. And no matter what I go through, I don't care if I got to get the waiters, I don't care if I got to put a full wetsuit on, I am going in and saying, you better watch out sickness, you better watch out disease, you better watch out. Because my dad is coming. He is here and you don't want to be here when he shows up. Because he already paid for that. And he's going to be mad if you think you're going to make him pay again. Because I serve a good God. That is the God I serve. So we're going to pray because I don't got nothing else for you.